culture, music, business, art, technology, health, and news all in one place. This is the first ever interactive podcast made for the people and by the people. This is Voice of the People with Steve-O. Voice of the People, new week, new episode. I took a week off. I usually give y'all one episode a week. I took a week off, you know what I'm saying? I was feeling a little bit under the weather, so I decided to chill, skip a week, you know what I'm saying? During that week, I really got a lot done with the writing of my book, you know what I'm saying? I am writing a book, and this episode is going to be a little bit different. This episode is going to be based off the book that I'm writing, you know what I'm saying? And it's a lot of different things that I cover in the book, but these specific topics that I'm going to cover in this episode, they come from where I'm going in the book. Obviously, in the book, I get into it deeper, you know what I'm saying? But this is just something that I want to experiment with, and I want to see the feedback that I get, and I want to see if people would purchase a book if it was about, you know what I'm saying, these things, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to tell everybody my ideas and give everything away, but a lot of the things that I talk about in this specific episode is, you know what I'm saying, from studies and research that I did while I write my book, you know what I'm saying, it affects everybody, it's, you know, um, knowledge that anybody can learn, you know, I just look into it, I research it, so I want to share, you know what I'm saying, my knowledge with y'all now, I do need feedback for this episode, like I said, I do want to try to sell and market for this book and get the idea out there before I do it, you know what I'm saying, I'm pretty much almost done with the book, I'm like 70% done with the book, so everything's moving along perfectly, so I just want to use this stage and this platform as a way to promote for my book, let me let y'all know to be on the lookout for my book and see if y'all are interested in the subject matter. Now, there's a couple of different things I'm going to talk about, the, the first thing I'm going to talk about and discuss I believe 2021 is the summer for the entrepreneur. Now, before I get into that, let me say if you agree or disagree with anything that I'm saying, send a one to two minute audio clip to my email, stevenonnell49outlook.com, and let your voice be heard in the first ever interactive podcast is Voice of the People. All right, so 2021, and I discussed this in other episodes, I believe 2021 is the year of the entrepreneur. You know what I'm saying? I believe with the weather, um, how everything's going with the money that's getting put back into the small communities. I believe it's going to be the year for the entrepreneur. I think anybody who's trying to get side hustles, small businesses, and all of my content creators, this is going to be a big year for content creators, y'all. We we take in information differently. We use our phones for everything. Everybody going to get into the content creator game. It's basically going to be you know a marketing tool. So that's why I feel there's going to be a big summer for entrepreneurs. It's a lot of money in these cities, in these neighborhoods, and it's a lot of things being funded, you know what I'm saying? So a lot of a lot of people who are trying to get side hustles, who are trying to open up different streams of income, people who are trying to open their small businesses, like myself, I opened my small business, you know what I'm saying, recently, and, you know, I'm really enjoying the process, I'm really enjoying networking and, and meeting with other people, and, you know, it, it everything's on the right path, so I'm just speaking from personal experience, I'm t- I talk to a lot, a lot of other entrepreneurs for my book, um, you know, I got a lot of great stories, a lot of life-changing things are happening during COVID, man, you know what I'm saying, and it's not all, all bad, it's not all bad, but unfortunately, the next 
thing that I am going to get into the next segment, it is going to be bad. You know what I'm saying? It's why is it crime in inner cities now? This is something else that I break down more in the book. It's a lot of crime going up during COVID. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of, you know, people are more aggressive and I'll really go back to mental health. You know what I'm saying? Right now, people's mental health is at a low. People's anxiety is at a high. You know what I'm saying? That's something else that I speak about a lot in the book. You know what I'm saying? And it's just the truth. So it's a couple reasons why crime seem out of control. It seems like, you know what I'm saying? Criminals are more brazen, you know what I'm saying? And I believe a lot of that is has to do with how the government is handling this COVID-19, how they handling, um, you know, a lot of the procedures, you know what I'm saying, that's going on right now. They really seem indecisive and they don't seem like they know what they're talking about, you know what I'm saying? And that's going to bring us into the last topic, um, or excuse me, the um, third topic, which is the no mask mandates. Now, right now, during the recording of this podcast, it's 13 states that don't have mask mandates. That's a problem. You know what I'm saying? This is a global pandemic. It's affecting everybody. How can some states have mask mandates and some can't? You know what I'm saying? That's playing on people's psyche. That's playing on people's mental um, structure and how they look at things. You know, it's people who they don't have money. They behind on bills. They having to work through this pandemic. So the indecisiveness of the government is causing a lot of mental stress and it's causing a lot of anxiety and mental health issues right now and in the future. You know what I'm saying? You can't just neglect mental health and then a pandemic happen and think everything going to be all good. That's not the case. And we're going to see that now. I'm going to end it on a little bit of a lighter note. The last thing that I want to discuss, a Nike executive, her son actually is a sneaker reseller and he ordered over $200,000 worth of sneakers with her car. Now, why this is a big deal. If you were from the sneaker culture, if you grew up rocking the sneakers and admiring the sneakers, if you knew somebody who was a seller or a flipper, you know how things like this hurt the culture. Things like this basically drive up the price of shoes, you know what I'm saying? This is a perfect example, you know what I'm saying? When you on the internet, when you looking at shoes, I remember I used to be, <clears throat> when I was young, looking at shoes, my parents would be asking me, why do they cost so much? Why Why is they, this is why people like this, things like this um, is why. So we're going to get a little bit deeper into that and, we, and, and we're going to discuss that. Like I said, a lot of people who listen to this podcast are, you know, fans of the sneaker culture. Myself growing up in that time, it was a big deal. You know what I'm saying? And it's just something that I got into and I seen things like this. You know what I'm saying? And this is a, and a lot of people who aren't in the culture or who have been thinking about getting into it. They should be aware of things like this and they should look for things about like this. And it's just a very interesting story. So if you agree with anything that I talk about or disagree, send a one or two minute audio clip to my email, Stephen O'Neill for nine at outlook.com. Let your voice be heard in the first ever interactive podcast is voice of the people. Thank you for contributing. Thank you for listening. Okay. I'm going to talk about in this segment, why I feel 2021 is the summer for the entrepreneur. 2021 is going to be an impactful summer. It's going to tell us a lot about the economy. It's going to tell us a lot about jobs. It's going to tell us a lot about the stability of the United States. How do people recover in this summer from the COVID, the global pandemic? That's going to say a lot about, you know, the future. All right. So before I get into this, let me just say, if you agree or disagree with anything that I'm saying, send a one to two minute audio clip to my email, Stephen O'Neill 49 at Outlook.com and let your voice be heard in the first ever interactive podcast. Podcast is voice of the people. I right? so the first the first reason I say this, all of these checks, all of these government loans, this unemployment, that's gonna make its way into the inner cities now. A lot of people are doing illegal activities with this. I'm not ignoring that. But what I'm telling y'all is this: the majority of the people, they're getting businesses with this money, they're fixing their businesses with this money, they're 
getting investments with this money. They're trying to buy houses with this money. So that lets you know right there, the middle class people, the people who are getting these unemployments, the working people, the working class people, they're using this money to generate more money. That's a good sign for the economy. We know it's going to hit a down drop. We know we're going to hit a dip. You know what I'm saying? That happens when businesses shut down. It's natural. But the mindset of the people that I'm talking to, the people who I spoke to writing this book, and I get deeper into it in the book, the people that I spoke to, they're focused on building streams of income. They're focused on stabilizing generational wealth, and they want to get educated. They want to get educated, and they want to use the money to make more money and create more streams of income. All right, now, the next thing I'm about to talk about, a lot of people didn't agree with this point, but it's something that I had to talk about and I had to address. All right. Content creators, Internet celebrities, content creators, people who are Instagram famous, people who are Facebook famous. These people help the economy. I know a lot of people don't like this. I know a lot of people don't like Instagram stars or they don't like when people brag and say, oh, I got a lot of followers. I'm Instagram famous. People say, oh, followers on everything. I get that and I understand that. But when people are Instagram famous or quote unquote Facebook or Internet famous, that helps the economy because that's moving away from the traditional work system. It's moving away from the traditional work structure. It's putting the power in the people's hands. They're creating value in that person. You know, this is a regular person. This is a comedian who shoots skits or somebody who uh, does dances on TikTok or whatever the case may be. This is not somebody who joined the workforce. This is somebody who had a skill. They used it. Now they're using it to make money directly with the consumer or they're, or they're in a direct partnership. I, this is good. This helps entrepreneurs. This makes entrepreneurship more attractive and it rises the price of entrepreneurs when people can just create value for themselves or when we as a community on the internet, when we can create value for each other, that's good. That's going against the traditional structure. So we all win and when that happens, all right? Content creators, YouTube, OnlyFans, Patreon, podcast. I think all of these people about to win in 2021 because of the way people are taught, all right? That's one reason, the way people are taught. The second reason is the internet is the new TV. What do I mean by that? Regular people, people who are famous on the internet, they're going to get exposure like being on the TV. That has never happened before. That also with the first thing that I said, the way that people learn. A lot of people learn things through YouTube. A lot of people is booming on OnlyFans, on Patreon, on podcasts. A lot of people, you see a lot of big podcasters having paid content or they're having extra content. Content is going to take over. Content is going to spill over into marketing. So all type of companies is going to have content. All all this is going to do is drive up entrepreneurship. It's going to drive up the people who are famous on the Internet, the people who have a lot of content. They're going to be worth more. They're going to be valuable because more eyes are going to be on them. More people are going to get into this way of teaching and content. Audio content is going to be a bigger thing than ever. It's basically going to be equal with TV. So this wasn't, you know, available you know, 10, 15 years ago, that wasn't able to happen. It's able to happen now. And that's just another lane for entrepreneurs. So people who are Instagram famous, people who are uh, Facebook famous, they help us. They help entrepreneurs. They help people who work in small businesses. I know it may not be a direct thing or something that's easily able to grasp, but all type of, you know, a, a small business owner in a way is a content creator as well. You know what I'm saying? Even though his content is physical, it's still the same idea as somebody 
going against the traditional work system and, and, and bringing out value in itself. And that's basically what you see what people doing on the Internet. And uh, it's a good thing. You know, uh, I definitely agree with it and I support it. What I think people have the chance to do here to sum it up is we can reshape the middle class. The middle class won't disappear. I hear a lot of people saying, well, people just about to be rich or poor. I don't agree with that. It's still going to be a middle class. The middle class is the working class. It's not enough robots to, you know, um, replace the whole working class. It's always going to be the working class people. But that working class can be transformed. It's upsetting and it's disheartening that something like COVID is what it took for the middle class to transform and get a better quality of life. But I think this is it. I think COVID is going to reshape what middle class is. I think you're going to see a lot of middle class, small business people, people who interact with other entrepreneurs and understand the internet better and understand finances better. And they're going to be able to live comfortably. They're going to be able to make two, 300,000 a year off of their own independent grind and their independent hustles. And I think that it can reshape the high middle class and it can reshape the middle class. People will have a higher quality of life. People will have less mental health issues and people will make more money. And I go deeper into it in the book. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's almost done. I, I'm, I'm ready for people to read it and see what I'm talking about and try to understand the vision of, of what I'm doing and how people can work together to make this a memorable summer and for people to start and build businesses and create generational wealth. All right. So if you agree or disagree with anything that I'm saying, send a one to two minute audio clip to my email, Stephen O'Neill for nine at outlook.com and let your voice be heard on the first ever interactive podcast. Thank you for contributing. Thank you for listening. It's voice of the people. All right, I'm going to talk to y'all in this segment about why crime in the inner cities has risen now. If you agree or disagree with anything that I'm saying, send a one to two minute audio clip to my email. It's Stephen O'Neill, 49 Outlook.com. That's S T E P H E N O N E A L, 49 Outlook.com. And let your voice be heard in the first ever interactive podcast. All right, now. I'm doing the marketing for this book. I'm getting it together. It's almost done. This is another thing that I discussed, man. This during this summer is going to be a summer that everybody's going to remember. This is going to be an epic summer, in my opinion. I think it's a lot of opportunities out there. I think it's a lot of opportunities for people to come together and network together. We all on the same page. COVID got everybody kind of fucked up. Even you know, no matter where you at in your life, COVID is probably affecting something, or COVID has some type of. Um, intrusion on your life on your personal space so we all in this together um but unfortunately it's a lot of crazy stuff going on right now now i'm not a conspiracy theorist at all but a lot of people comparing the walking dead like they saying that's how the future gonna look they saying that's what this pandemic is gonna bring you know what i'm saying i wouldn't go that far i don't think it's gonna be no zombies or anything like that but that you know it it is a global pandemic it is a health pandemic so a lot of the things that was going on in that show with the outbreak in that show obviously it was fictional and it turned people into zombies COVID-19 don't turn people into zombies but the way that the people move some of the decisions that they make the scarcity of of uh resources we've experienced a, a, a few things like that you know what I'm saying so it is good to have that survival mindset you know what I'm saying always protect yourself always you know what I'm saying protect your family protect your resources protect your money you know what I'm saying and just be smart about how you move because the crime in the inner cities is definitely going to get worse you know what I'm saying and the the number one reason you know I believe obviously I think crime is linked to poverty but during this pandemic specifically 
the unstable mental health of the middle class people. I think that's the main thing that's leading to crime. People are more eager to fight. They have a lot of pent up anger. Everybody's mad for some reason. People want a reason to rob people and take their money because people don't have money. So it's a lot of mental illness issues, you know, and I believe that the United States as a country has ignored mental illness for so long, they have pushed it to the wayside. They done threw a couple programs here, a couple programs there, but for the most part, they've pushed it to the wayside. Now when you have something like a global pandemic, a national emergency, you start seeing the real level of mental capacity of your people. And, you know, look at the things that have been happening, the riots, the um, the marches, everything shows how unstable people are and how upset people are. And, um, you know, it, it's very evident. And I think it's going it's gonna to get to a peak during the summer when people are outside, when people are mingling. Some people are trying to forget about COVID. So they're going out. A lot of mandates is being lifted. The mass mandates is being lifted. I got a whole segment. I'm going to talk about that. That's in the book as well. That plays a big part in your mental health. You know what I'm saying? With the government being so indecisive about that. You know what I'm saying? This whole COVID-19 episode is going to cause trauma. It's going to cause trauma from... Uh, uh, economic point, you know what I mean, from people being poor. And it's also going to cause trauma from a physical violence point when you see all the riots and the people physically clashing. I talk about in the book one day I seen a Biden and a Trump supporter just fighting at the gas station. Like, that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Your, your mental can't be right if you fighting somebody because they voted for one president, you voted for the other president. So y'all meet up at the gas station and fight. That's, you know what I'm saying? That's pretty, that's pretty goofy to me. You know what I'm saying? I feel like something's off mentally if you at QT boxing each other, you know what I'm saying? Over who the president is. That's crazy to me. You know what I mean? And something else that we got to look at this summer. Dur it, speaking of those, the presidential elections during the, the earlier parts last year, how people was acting when they couldn't come out. When you looked at some of the things on the internet, it was crazy. The things that people was doing, it usually gets worse during the summer when people can actually come out the house and actually mingle. It's usually gonna get worse. You know what I'm saying? People being pent up um, in the house, not being able to, you know, have a, a proper release mentally or physically, actually being physically in the house. You know what I'm saying? That's going to cause a, a different type of mental trauma. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's almost like I wouldn't compare it to being in jail, but it has some of the similarities. You know what I'm saying? You're trapped in a place you can't come out. Um, it's dangerous if you leave, you know what I'm saying, the space. So it's going to be a crazy summer for multiple reasons. That's just one of them. And I can't ignore the fact that all the money, all this government money, some of that is going to be put into the inner cities, into the inner communities, and it's going to contribute to the violence. You know what I'm saying? When you have people spending more money, when you have people being flashy or frivolous with their money, that's going to cause uh, unwanted attention. It's going to create conflict. You know what I mean? Everybody's not going to you know, retain their money at the same rate. You know what I'm saying? And all of that interaction and all that mingling in such close quarters, you know, it's definitely going to cause a lot of conflicts, you know what I'm saying? So I think we should be ready for it. I think, um, you know, we've seen the murder rise in all major cities since the pandemic started. That's not a coincidence. That's not by accident. That's not um, just, it just happens to be that specifically because the neglect of mental health, when things like this happen, it's too late to try to respond as they happen. Everybody on edge, everybody mental health is shot. These have been the most 
turbulent elections I can remember my whole life. I mean, uh, just the, the rowdiness of it, how much people are rebelling and clashing with each other. It's been the most violent election that I've ever witnessed. You know what I'm saying? So all that with the pandemic, with all the social injustice and everything that's going on, people arguing about, you know, the genders of toys and all this type of crazy shit. All this shit is distractions. And I talk about that in a book. I go into it deeper how this is just a distraction. The, the people have to unite because at the end of the day, a lot of these politicians who's making these decisions, they're not being affected by COVID. They have enough money and resources to where they can move far away if they need to. You know what I'm saying? We're the the middle class, the um lower class, the mid high middle class, those are the people that's being affected. The working people are the ones that's being affected the most. We're having to deal with the outcomes of their decisions. You know what I mean? So you know, we just got to start governing ourselves better, paying more attention, looking out for each other. You know what I'm saying? Using a strategy called power in numbers. You know what I'm saying? I'll go in detail of that in the book as well. So, again, you know, this is the first ever interactive podcast. This is why I created this platform for situations like this, discussions like this. Let me know how y'all feel. How do y'all feel? Do you feel your mental state deteriorating because of COVID? You know what I'm saying? Do you feel you know, high stress, high anxiety. What do you think is going to happen? How do you think, what do you think the best plan for the people is? Let me know. Send a one or two minute audio clip to my email, Stephen O'Neill for nine at outlook.com and let your voice be heard in the first ever interactive podcast. It's voice of the people. Thank you for contributing. Thank you for listening. In this segment, I'm going to talk about the Nike executive whose son was a sneaker reseller. All right. Now, before I get into this topic, if you agree or disagree with anything that I'm saying, send a one or two minute audio clip to my email, Stephen O'Neill for nine at Outlook.com. That's S-T-E-P-H-E-N-O-N-E-A-L for nine at Outlook.com. And let your voice be heard in the first ever interactive podcast. All right. Now, this story, it. It was everywhere, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people was talking about it. It was a real popular story. Now, a lot of people didn't understand why this was a big deal, why this was popular. Most people my age growing up was into shoes at some point, you know what I'm saying? If you know anybody in the shoe culture, um, in the sneaker world, selling, flipping, collecting, uh, any or just admiring, you know that you know, shoes are important to a lot of people. When, you know, I would shop for sneakers at home, you know what I'm saying, on a computer, my parents would look at the prices and be like, man, these are crazy prices. The story that happened recently with this lady and her son, this is why sneaker prices are so high. When you see how much Yeezys cost, how much Jordans cost, how much um, all these retro shoes cost, foam posits, dunks, when you see how much those cost, and you think, wow, why did it cost that much? This is why. Because of people like this now. This was a Nike executive. Her son used her car to buy $200,000 in Yeezy shoes. All right, Those are the Adidas, the Yeezys. $200,000. They say he made $20. He probably made more around fifty dollars to $70,000. I don't think he spent $200,000 to make $20,000. What I believe is they looked at how many shoes he got. And then they looked at the retail price. He sold them way over retail. So he probably made, you know, 50 to $70,000. I wouldn't even be surprised if he made a hundred thousand dollars doing that. Um, cause you know, he, it, they showed pictures, all the Yeezys. He had some rare fives too, some Jordan fives that, um, are, are very expensive. He had some super expensive Yeezys. So I'm sure he made over $20,000 now. 
He used bots to buy these. What bots are? Bots is software that people buy and they use with shoe rallies or they use them and they open up accounts with them on like adidas.com or nike.com. So the bot, as soon as the shoe is available, the bot will buy it quicker than a human. So the, the, the program can react quicker than a human. So the bot is going to buy up all the shoes. All right. This is something that drives the prices of sneakers up. This, this is another thing that's looked down upon in the sneaker culture. When people try to get shoes online, that used to be a good way that people would get shoes. People would wait until 12 o'clock or 11.50 or 12.05 or whatever and wait until the website will open up and they will buy shoes online. But people found, and you know, wh whoever clicked on it first would get it. But people found out how to make software that would kind of immediately react to the website. So they would buy the shoes quicker. So that's why when you see $3,000 Yeezys and two and $3,000 pairs of Jordans, that's what's happening. One person is getting a large amount and they're kind of, you know, they have so many that they're kind of controlling the value. So the, the shoes are going whatever they say they go for because, you know, they're a limited edition or whatever. And when you have a limited edition and you have one person buying hundreds of pair, you know, that causes problems in the market. All right? And another thing, obviously it was a family connection. So he's an inside man. If your mom is the executive, he knew when every shoe was coming out, he knew where the locations would be when they come out. He would know, you know, what the line is looking like, what the raffle is looking like. He would have first dibs on everything. So let's say a shoe came out and he didn't use a bot, right? Before, before he had a bot, just because of who his mom is, he would know where he would know all the necessary information on the shoe. He would know what store has them, what store is going to get the most things like that. Information like that leads to a lot of money, especially when it's a shoe that you know is going to sell out. When it's a certain type of Jordan, a Jubilee Jordan or a Space Jam or, you know, something like that, an Aqua 8 or a Cement 3 or something like that that you know everybody's going to buy. Um, the Fresh Prince uh, Fives or the Bel Air Fives, people call them. Uh, shoes like that, you know those are going to sell out. So if you know what store is going to have the most pair of those, you can equip yourself to be able to buy that shoe earlier. And everything that I'm telling you leads to the price going up. You know what I mean? And him having early access because of the information that he could get. He was abusing it. You know, I wouldn't post it on Instagram like he did. I, I would probably fly under the radar because he was probably making a lot of money. You know, if he could use her car to buy two hundred thousand um, dollars in shoes, you know, he was they you know, she obviously was making a lot of money. And I heard somebody suggest that he could have kept that going if he used another card or if he gave her car to somebody else to use. That makes sense. They said that he should have got well, like a silent partner. And that actually makes a lot of sense. But this was a crazy story. And this was just something that it it caught my attention because it was it just is a good example of a lot of things gone wrong with the shoe game. Why a lot of people moved away from the shoe game and why prices are so high. This whole story can tell you all of that. Why prices are so high? Why what's happening to the shoe game? Is people abusing their family connections and their early access? Is people using bots and is people buying up hundreds of pairs of sneakers? All of those is examples in the story. And all these uh is what this guy did. But 
Um, you know, he it was going for a minute. He was making a lot of breath. So salute to him. Salute to his mom. Hopefully, you know, they both be good. I'm sure they will. Now, if you agree or disagree with anything that I said, send a one to two minute audio clip to my email, stevenonnell49outlet.com and let your voice be heard in the first ever interactive podcast. Thank you for contributing. Thank you for listening. In this segment, I'm going to talk about the mask mandates. Now, if you agree or disagree with anything that I'm saying, send a one to two minute audio clip to my email, stevenonnell49outlook.com. That's S-T-E-P-H-E-N-O-N-E-A-L-49outlook.com. And let your voice be heard in the first ever interactive podcast. Now, as the recording of this podcast, it's 13 states that don't require a face mask. I don't understand how we can operate as the United States if we're indecisive during the most important times, the most critical times where we have to be decisive and make a decision as a country we're split and some states do one thing some states do another thing how is the pandemic as serious as the united states claims but they allow neighboring states to have different mask mandates now it's not important what i believe as far as if people should wear the mask or if they shouldn't the issue is that some states don't have to and some states have to that's the issue i would be much happier if the, if it was all just one way, whether it's on or off, that would probably bring more relaxation and more ease to people. But the fact that they're going back and forth, some states say yes, some states say no, that means that the United States as a whole is indecisive. That means that on a literally a situation as life or death, we still can't come become united and agree on something this way of thinking and this clash of ideals is gonna cause trauma and it's gonna cause mental illness in the future for people who have pre-existing conditions and people who struggle with anxiety and depression this is gonna make it worse things like this is gonna make it worse it was a pandemic flu mass mandate in 1918 and 1919 and that pandemic flu there was a mass mandate you had to wear your mask or you went to jail or something crazy like that so you know that proves we've been here before and it was handled completely different you know what i mean and it was it was just you know it was handled completely different look into it google it it was a lot of extreme things that was happening to people who didn't wear masks because that was the main way to stop the flu. When you have something that spreads like this, that's the main way to stop it. Now, again, I'm not a medical expert. I really don't care what the government chooses, but the fact that they can't agree on one thing to choose, that's how you know they're wrong. What they're doing right now is going to cause mental health issues for the younger generation. It's going to cause mental health issues for most of the people who are in the middle class, that's who is going to affect the most. Now, they're making decisions, people who don't have to live through the results, but the middle class is taking the brute force of everything because the middle class is the people starting the small businesses, the middle class is the people working through the pandemic. So we're watching the news, we're seeing conflicting reports, and we're still working through this pandemic. I go deeper into it in the book, and I talk about how it affects every uh, sector of the middle class, all the way down through the family, the corporations, the small businesses. It affects the whole community when things like this happen with the United States government. Now, if you agree or disagree with anything that I'm saying, send a one to two minute article to my email. Thank you for listening. Thank you for contributing. It's Voice to the People. Culture, music, business, art, technology, health, and news all in one place. 
This is the first ever interactive podcast made for the people and by the people.